The following audio is from Foundation Life Bible Church. More information about Foundation Life is available at www.foundationlbc.com. Good morning. That was good. That was a good, good morning. Rainy day. Um, Happy Mother's Day, right? Happy Mother's Day. When Sam this morning said, so kids, what did you do for your moms this morning? Cindy goes, they took my hot water. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. So happy Mother's Day anyway. And thank you, moms, for your patience when your hot water is taken. And you don't get the thanks or the credit that you deserve. Uh, moms are, man, what would we do without our moms? I mean, uh, the love and nurturing of a mom is an incredible thing that is completely vital in the life of a child and being raised to adulthood. So those of you who are moms, thank you. Thank you for pouring into the lives of your children. And then a lot of those moms pour their lives into the lives of other children, too. Um, moms, uh, I could never do it. <laughs> I could never, ever do what moms do. So uh, we definitely want to honor you today. Uh, so with today being Mother's Day, uh, not quite two years ago, um, I, lo- I lost my mom. She passed away in 2019. And the scripture that we're going to look at is uh, actually one that she and my dad um, uh, meditated on quite a bit. Uh, over the last couple years of her life, uh, she really started to uh, deteriorate mentally, and she just wasn't the same person. And this scripture that we're looking at this morning was one that they really uh, meditated on quite a bit, and it was one that was uh, uh, part of her funeral service. So that's kind of where uh, this passage came from, uh, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. So I need you to make a mental shift with me this morning. All right? This is not a sermon. All right? Can everybody make that mental shift? You came here this morning... Every week we do the kids' lesson, we sing songs, and then some goofy guy, not Sam, I'm not saying Sam goofy, but some goofy guy gets up and tells us what the Lord told him to tell us. And sometimes I think we get a mixed message. I'm pro- this is probably terrible for the camera, isn't it? So for the people that are watching, that's good? Okay. So we, I think we subtly kind of give ourselves a mixed message that the, the message or the truth has to come through somebody else to come to the church. Does that, does that make sense a little bit? So we sometimes subtly think, okay, there has to be a pastor or an elder or a teacher or someone that has to get that truth from the scripture and then they pass it along to the church. That's, uh, that's not what we're doing here today. And I think that could even be, that, that could be harmful to us. And that can even stunt our growth as believers. And so this mental shift that I want you to make with me this morning is that we are all teaching and learning the scripture together this morning. Okay? So this is going to be highly interactive. Okay? Part of the mental shift I also need you to make is this is not a sermon. Uh, think of this as like Sunday school class. Right? Does anybody know what Sunday school is? Like, you teach, you go through this. Why are you laughing, Mark? <laughs> okay. I think there are some people that don't know what Sunday school is, probably. I don't know. Okay? Or small group Bible study. Or 
think of it as you're just sitting around the tables with your family and you're just going to talk through uh, some of the truth of the scripture. See, I believe that the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that is in me is in you. And it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to truth. Okay? And honestly, as I was going through this passage, <clears throat> I, there are parts of this that I don't get. <laughs> and I, I need you to help me. I need help. I'm telling you right now, I need help. And I believe that, there, that God's Spirit has been working in someone here this morning that will be able to give us the truth that he wants us to hear. And it won't be from me, right? It'll be God's spirit that has been working in you. So don't be afraid to speak up. We're going to go through a lot of scripture. We've got a lot of scripture passages here, and they're really long, but we might not get through all these. And that's perfectly okay. If we only get to one and the Holy Spirit teaches us what he wants to teach us through that one, then we're going to be golden. You can take the rest and study them on your own. But I want you to speak up. If we're going through something and the Holy Spirit is impressing on you something that he wants you to say, then speak up. Okay? So, Ezra, you have the microphone. Okay, where is it? Say hi, Ezra, into the microphone. You got it? There, there it is. Okay. So, who, but who's intimidated by a microphone, right? Some people are intimidated by a microphone. If, just say, I don't need that stinking microphone, and just speak up. Okay? Don't let that microphone be the barrier that would keep you from sharing with us uh, what the Holy Spirit wants you to say to us. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But it is written... What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor heart has of man imagined what God has prepared to those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirits of God. The Spirit of God. Let me say that again. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that we want to reveal to us this morning His truth. Now we have received not a Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. God wants us to understand he wants us to understand who he is, but it doesn't come through your mind, your natural mind, or comes through my natural mind. It only comes through the Holy Spirit as he works through our minds, okay? First uh, uh, Corinthians is, that, that first part of First Corinthians is all about um, heavenly wisdom, for, or godly wisdom versus human wisdom. The Corinthian church was a church that was very, very prideful, very steeped in their human understanding, and it produced division and controversy and pridefulness, everything that you don't want to see in a church. And 
Paul is telling them it's only through the Spirit of God that you can comprehend what God is all about. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? So the only chance we have this morning is if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our midst. Okay? That's the only, that's the only chance we've got to hear what God wants to say to us. So let's start with prayer. And then we're just going to start going through these passages. So <clears throat> get your vocal cords loosened up. Um, and as we pray, pray, Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to be working in your heart. What is it that you want me to share with this community of believers, this family, as we sit around our tables and just discuss the truth of God? Okay, Lord, we come to you now, and we are, <laughs> we are so excited for what you have planned for us. Uh, we have no idea what it is, Lord, but we know that it is in your spirit that we can experience and learn and be taught what you have for us this morning. Lord, I pray that, uh, that your spirit would just be uh, moving here this morning. And, and even as I say that, Lord, we know that your spirit is moving. The issue is, will we respond to your spirit? We know that your spirit wants to minister to us and teach us and encourage us and convict us. And the question is, Lord, will we have humble hearts before you to allow your spirit to do the edifying, the life-giving work that you want your spirit to do in us? Will we respond? So, Lord, we come to you and we ask that you give us uh, humble hearts, uh, that you clearly lead us through this, uh, these uh, scripture passages. And, Lord, that you would be honored and that you would be glorified that your name would be lifted high, and that we would see a, a deeper insight into the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He is our living hope, and he is alive. Like Sam said this morning, if he had just died, that would be the end of the story. But you didn't die. You rose again. Only God could defeat death, and that's what you did. Thank you so much, Lord, that you have put your spirit in us, that you, uh, you make us your children, you make us your heirs, and you have so much planned for us in this life, but also in the life to come. Thank you, Lord. Again, help us respond to you, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Can I have somebody read this for us? You can read it or I can call you out. All right, Emily will. <coughs> All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad, 
There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So your faith is far more precious than your gold. So when you, your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with the glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. All right. Thank you, Emily. That was a lot different than my version. <laughs> New Living, okay, very good. All right, we'll just adjust here on the fly, all right? We'll see. Okay. Um, so there's two things that I pick up out of that passage. There's kind of uh, really want to focus on this inheritance that we have in Christ. Um, it says that we are born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that is set in heaven for you. So there's one aspect of this inheritance that is future, Right? It's yet to happen. Um, there is another aspect of this inheritance that we see right now. We have a deposit of it uh, right now. And if you go down through that passage a little bit further, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. You do not see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. So we have uh, part of that inheritance right now where we can experience life and joy, right? The fruit of the Spirit is that deposit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And so there's kind of two aspects of this I want to kind of let us think through a little bit. One is, how does this change my life right now? How does this inheritance affect me right now? And how does this future inheritance affect the way that I live right now? Does that make sense at all? So the part that I'm struggling with is I'm a very, um, I'm a very present thinker, or I think about the past quite a bit to help me figure out what to do. Um, I'm not one of those people that really thinks about the future a lot, unless I'm trying to figure out what's going to go wrong so I can prepare for it in the present. Okay. So here's a question. Do we have anybody that are like future thinkers? Like, for example, you plan a vacation six months in advance, and you're just so excited about it, and you just keep looking forward to it. So anybody like that? Mariah, okay? And Alicia, okay. So help me with that. So when you have, um, when you're looking forward for something, you're expecting something, how does that affect you in the present? Anxiety. <laughs> it gives you anxiety? Why is that? Good, thanks, Aaron. So that's uh, what she was saying is sometimes when we get focused on an event in the future, we want it to be so perfect that we take control out of God's hands and kind of take control, maybe even over plan it a little bit. Mariah, did you have something that, like, how do you when, you, when you have a big vacation or camping trip or something that you're really looking forward to, how does that affect you right now? 
ahead just so that I can do little things at a time so then when it actually comes to the big thing, then I'm not as stressed out about it. So yeah. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah, that's good. Good. Aaron, Ezra, over. Oh, you got somebody else over there? Go for it. You have the mic, Randy, so you have to say something. <laughs> Hello. Is it on now? Nope, go. <laughs> so, after we, after we had talked this morning, is it on now? Here we go. After we had talked this morning, Jeff, I was thinking that, that it actually can be a double-edged sword. Mm. So, and I shared my testimony, and not knowing what the outlook was going to be, whether I, Charlie and I would get back together, was I going to be in prison or anything else, I learned that I had to lean on that promise because that was the only good that I was going to see. Much of your point with vacations, though, is that I can look so far and focus on that that I get lazy everywhere else. Hmm. Same thing spiritually. If I'm just thinking about the promise that's going to come eventually, I can miss all the things I should be doing here. You know, Alicia, I'll use you for the example. I could look at you and say, eventually, it's going to be fine. We're going to have a resurrected body and no worries, right? But that's not going to serve you where you are every day. So I think it can be a double-edged sword either way we go. And we have to be so careful to see the things here, but know that eternally we have a hope in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. This is good. I love it. All right. Back, back to Grandma. Randy is one that plans everything in advance to the T, to the minute, and his job, his career, he had to write, he had to keep track of every minute of every day in his career. And me, on the other hand, I live moment to moment. I plan ahead, but I like it when it changes. And I've seen us, as we've been married as long as we have, how we balance each other out. I'll say, hey, slow down, look at this, enjoy this. And he'll say, but we need to keep on track and I sort of look at what you're saying as we have this ahead of us to keep us on track, but we don't want to miss the moment by moment. But we do have to prepare. We do have to plan. We do have to study. We do have to do these things. But we know that what's ahead is even better than what we've got here. But yeah. we need to balance it. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. That's wonderful. Thank you. All right, I think, Richard, did you have something? Thank you. This has been a real rea is a reality with me right now because my wife passed away, and so we had to get the trust put together so that the inheritance would automatically go to our children. And with the imminent uh, uh, thought of death for me, too, being, having cancer, then they know that this is coming, and it's coming soon. What's interesting about inheritance is the, the giver of the inheritance has to die. If Jesus would have just lived a life, preached a message, and ascended into heaven, we would have no inheritance. So he had to die. And I know because he died, there's an inheritance coming. Even though I don't see it, I know it's coming. The same thing with my children. Because some of the dividends from my wife's finances has come in. I've already given some of those to my grandchildren 
and my children. And so they know there's a lot more coming, but they've already experienced part of the inheritance. Yeah, that is good. <clears throat> Thank you, Richard. In fact, when you talk about an inheritance, who gets the inheritance? The kids, right? The survivors, right? There has to be death. Uh, Romans uh, 8.15 says, uh, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in, in us. And as I'm reading through that, I'm getting more and more of how when, when we get this in Scripture, we're getting both. We're getting the here and now. There's an impact of our salvation. There's an impact of our faith. There's an impact that affects us right now in the way that we live. But it's also a deposit, kind of to Richard's example, of what is to come. We see a glimpse of what is good, and yet we know that there is something so much better that comes later on. Um, good. Any other thoughts? Mark? It also seems that... Ezra. Hey. You're getting your steps in this morning. The looking forward, also, if you're talking about vacations, you're talking about a future inheritance, you're talking about something that's so far out of your grasp, I mean, it's out of your realm of your current consciousness. But you can look forward. When you're planning a vacation, that gives you joy, thinking about what's coming. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it helps you to deal with those difficult things. You know, this next week's going to be really difficult, but guess what? In two weeks, I'll be wherever I'm going to be. So it makes it easier to deal with what's going on today. Yeah. It, it changes your perspective. Absolutely. Right? I mean, we can get, anybody else get so mired down in the day-to-day -day stuff that you forget the big picture? Or even, yeah, even we as human beings, we don't have a full picture of reality. <laughs> right? We only know what we see and what we can sense around us. There is a reality, there is a spiritual realm, there is so much more that is real than we have the ability to comprehend, right? I was just thinking about the idea of inheritance and thinking, you know, when Jesus left, he said he was going to leave the Holy Spirit, but then Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1.22, he set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, deposit. guaranteeing what was to come. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And then Ephesians 1. This is, this is an awesome passage that gives us an idea of this inheritance. Um, it says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual, blessings, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So, like, what is every spiritual blessing that we have been blessed with? What are some of the spiritual blessings that we've been blessed with that Paul's referring to here? Anything immediately come to mind? Joy. Joy? 
the fruits of the Spirit? Love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Patience. Redemption. Redemption. Wholeness. I mean, we, the, 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 the gospel says that we were enemies of Christ. The very creator that created everything that we see, that created life out of nothing, the most powerful being <laughs> possible, and we were at odds with him because of our sin. But yet, through our faith in Christ and through the sacrifice of Christ, he takes these dead people and he raises us to life. And Jesus gives that example, right? Just as he was raised to life, so we're also raised to life. Sometimes I don't think we get the impact of that. We are so mired in what we see in this world that we don't understand what an amazing transformation that is that God does in us to make us new creations in Christ. What an incredible transformation that is. That's, that's really cool, right? <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, how do you put that into words? If, if you were trying to explain that to someone else, how would you explain the incredible transformation that God has done you through your faith in Christ. Scripture says we've been made new creations. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. It says walk in your new nature. Walk in the new man. Don't satisfy the lust of the flesh. Don't satisfy the, the desires of the old man. And then he seals you with the Spirit. So if we keep going in Ephesians... Um, it says he's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to his will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he blessed us in the beloved. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to his grace which he lavished upon us. That's an incredible spiritual blessing, right? That he lavishes his grace on, on us. He doesn't say, okay, good, you're, you're forgiven. Move along. He lavishes his loving grace in our lives. And it's according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. And then in verse 13, it says, In him we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. God actually puts his spirit in you. He seals you. He says, it's a done deal. He looks at your heart. And if you have humbled yourself before him and you have turned to him through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he seals it. It's a done deal. You can't seal it. He seals it. Because he looks at the attitude of your heart. And then keep on going down a little bit farther. That verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? There it is again, right? We're talking about the spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing that we have in Christ Jesus right now. But then he points us forward again. And he says, that's good. But don't forget what's ahead. There is a glorious inheritance that he has planned for us that our minds cannot conceive. 
Because it brings him glory. Because this is what a glorious God does when he blesses his people. There is something for us that will blow our minds that we don't even have words to express. What you got? Anybody? Bill? Yeah, that uh, when it says there in Ephesians that we may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us. Um, that's ongoing, and for me, it's been, you know, it's a lot different now than when I was first saved, that he's revealing that to us now as we share in his presence uh, so that we're, we know more about his grace, we know more about his mighty power, it says here, um, everything that he wants us to know is about him, but he's sharing it with us because uh, he loves us so much um, that our relationship with him grows because we see and experience, ah, it's like in your marriage or whatever, I know more and share more <coughs> about who I am with this person uh, each, uh, each year. And, and so we're getting that right now. Um, and then the other point that has been real important for me recently is uh, 1 Peter 1, 5, who says, it says in my version, it's kept by the power of God through faith, kept by the power of God. My salvation is kept by God. And <clears throat> that has become so clear, and I, I wouldn't say, uh, let me say clearer, because I see now that I can't even keep my salvation. I can't even... For the first time, you know, I kind of took it for granted, I guess, for years or something. But God has shown me in this year that I can't keep my salvation. He has to keep it. And again, that reinforces your relationship with him because you trust him to keep your salvation. And um, that's been completely new for me this year. To, to know that he's doing it. And it feels very good. Yeah. It kind of takes the pressure off, right? Because he sealed us with the Holy Spirit. He said it's a done deal. I was listening to uh, a video y yesterday, and the pastor was talking about how we try so hard to do the things that God, or that God has already settled for us in Christ, right? I become a Christian, and then I work really, really hard and I exhaust myself to be a really good Christian or to keep my salvation, maybe in the way Bill's uh, phrased it there.
But that's already settled. It's already taken care of. Our salvation is settled because it's based on Christ. It's based on the perfect sacrifice. It's not based on me. If it were based on me, it would be changing every two seconds, right? But it's based on Christ, the perfect sacrifice. This is good. Got some smart people. All right, so go with me to 1 Corinthians uh, 15. And this is later in the chapter that Sam went over with the kids, continuing on this idea of the result of the resurrection. What, what are the, con- or what's the, uh, what's the, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the result of this resurrection? It keeps on going. And in verse 42, it says, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So do you see what Paul's doing here? He's talking about what our current circumstance is, and he's talking about what is going to come later. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So in Romans 5, it says, all sin came through Adam. Through one man's sin, sin came to all. But through one man, Christ, comes forgiveness to all. That's what he's talking about right there, that Adam became a life giving spirit. It's referring to Christ as the second Adam. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was made from those uh, who are of the dust, and as the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of man of dust, we also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you the mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body, this existing body that we have, must put on the imperishable body. It's got to be transformed. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, then the mortal puts on immortality. Then death, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So these bodies that we have, to Richard's point earlier, is they have to die in order for us to experience the imperishable which Christ does for us. And then in Revelation chapter 21, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. 
He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. This is what we have to look forward to. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. And the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So we have this incredible thing that we cannot conceive that uh, God will do for us. So let's go back to 1 Peter. And let's read this again in light of these other scriptures that we've looked at. It's, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept ready to be revealed in the uh, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have seen, not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy, that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So as I go through this, it seems to me that we have a definite, uh, there's a definite impact in our lives immediately, isn't there? We can know the joy of the Lord. We can know that no matter what the circumstances are, that we are his and we are secure in him. And there's also a future that we know is coming. We don't understand it, but we know because he, he ministers to us now, we can trust in his promise of what the future holds for us. And that at some point, God will bring all things back. He created the world. He said, it's good. It's perfect. And what did we do to it? We sinned and put it in the, you know what, Right? But what does he do? He brings all things. He brings his creation back. He does what only the God of life can do, is bring things and restore his creation back to fullness. And we are going to be a part of that because of our faith in him. All right. Any other thoughts as we wrap up? All right. Ezra? Let's go. Let's go with Alicia. Did you have one? Am I on? Okay. Um, oh, dear. Sorry, we just spilled an entire cup of water. Um, all right, so 
I'm a planner. You all know me. You know that I'm a planner. And I went to a women's conference right a couple weeks ago, and we learned, we went over James. And this has just really stuck with me about planning and trusting God. Um, because I feel like whenever I plan so much, I'm in control. And I've, I have the element of control. And so James 4, chapter 4, verses 13 through 6, 17 have really worked in my heart lately. And it's about boasting about tomorrow. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city. Spend a year there, carrying, carry our business and make money. Why do you, you not even know, I'm sorry, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And as you boast and brag, all boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. So I think as we're talking about our inheritance and as we're talking about planning, realize that it's actually God who is doing all of this planning. And it's no element of our control whatsoever. Um, so that's been a really good comfort to me. Thank you. All right. Did I see another? Anybody else? Any other thoughts on this? Okay, Richard. You started out by talking about the Holy Spirit uh, and, and the scriptures here. And all the scriptures are inspired by the Spirit. And if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit in you to interpret what the Holy Spirit has written. So if you want to know what all it's all about, just read this book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, we want to go ahead and go into a time of communion uh, also. So uh, you should have uh, the elements there in front of you. So let's just take uh, a couple minutes. Uh, just have a couple minutes of silence here. And as we go, <coughs> um, as we go into that, what we're doing is celebrating the, the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ. Right? It's what we've been talking about. It's the, it's the basis for our inheritance. It's the basis for our inheritance. It is, uh, as Richard mentioned earlier, without the death of the perfect sacrifice, we could not have this future inheritance. So let's just take some time and just meditate on, uh, on what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. So let's just have a couple minutes of silence. Memorials are a good thing, right? A memorial reminds us. It's so easy to uh, forget. Not that we forget the facts, but that we forget the impact of the event. And as we come, we look, at, we look at the bread, we look at this wafer, and it reminds that Jesus died a real death. His body was broken. He was whipped, and he was beaten, and he did it completely willingly so that your sins could be forgiven and so that my sins were forgiven. He sacrificed his own body for us. 
So let's take this, let's eat this bread, and remember what Christ did for us on the cross. And then we remember that not only was his body broken, that he was beaten, that he bled, and that he died. And the blood that flowed from him is the way that we can be cleansed from our sin. We are completely dirty with sin before Christ. And he washes us away, and he makes us completely brand new. So as we drink this juice, think of the cleansing salvation that God has done in your life. Lord, we thank you. Uh, You are good, and we thank you, Lord, that your spirit moves in us and teaches us. Lord, we remember uh, what you did for us on the cross. And Lord, we leave here with joy and expectation, knowing that you will continue to draw us closer to you, that we can live a life, an abundant life that you came to give us because we have been forgiven and because we can know our creator. Lord, help us to pursue peace with each other. Help us to live in community with each other and honor you as the head of our church. Lord, we want you to be glorified. We want you to be magnified. And we want you to be put on display uh, in our lives and in our church. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Foundation Life Bible Church, located in Greenwood, Indiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Foundation Life Bible Church, please visit us online at www dot foundation lbc dot com